Somebody say, this is us. We believe in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. We do. Somebody shout fire. See, you can't just say fire. We believe in the fire of the Holy Ghost, that, that solid rock. Look at your neighbor and tell them you need fire. I mean, that, that's just not as effective as a, you need fire. Fire. Some of you first-time visitors are going, oh, my God, it's one of them. Well, one of the things that happens when you got fire, who is that over in the corner? I can't even see. Is that you, Hutch? Hey, Hutch, will you go back here and get the snakes? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't you worry. Don't you ever worry about that. That ain't happening. You know that, right? Snakes torment me, y'all. That is not going to happen. Listen, I'm going to tell you something about the fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost, listen to this, was spoken regarding the ministry of Jesus before he ever began his ministry and the fire of the Holy Ghost ushered in the last wave of the ministry of Jesus on earth. Let me show you something. I'm going to quickly read and we'll put it up on the screen. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to because I want to, for time, you can just read the screen. But John the Baptist said in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, he says this, John answered and told those that was following him, saying, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I am coming, whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to loose. That's why he said. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I got to say the old version, King James, Holy Ghost. And what? Fire. Somebody shout Fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. How many knows what that means? It's that, it's that little accordion thing that, that, you know, when you want the fire to flare up, you got to put a little wind behind it. Can I get an amen? Mm. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out the, the threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn. Watch this. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable what? Fire. Is anybody going to help me preach today? That was pre-ministry, right? How many of those? That was John the Baptist. That was his cousin. That was, he, Jesus was been walking around for 30 years, but he had not began his ministry yet. So he was introduced by his cousin who is known as the forerunner. And when he would preach, he would preach, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they'd say, who, who do we repent to? And he'd talk about, well, of course you got to repent to God, but come here, let me baptize you in water. Repent of your sins. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. And he would baptize you with water. And to, to the knowledge of the people, that was as far as they understood this new way of doing things went. But John the Baptist was preparing something. As he would baptize them and submerge them in water, and they would come up out of the water, they would be amazed at how they just felt so clean and how they just felt so renewed and forgiven. But he would say, you think this is something? Oh, I know you know how it feels to be baptized with repentance under water. But there's one coming after me who is so much more powerful than me. This is what he said. I'm not even worthy to stoop down and even take his sandals off. But he didn't stop there. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. You know what that tells me? That tells me that man cannot baptize you in fire. 
Man can baptize you in water, but man cannot baptize you in fire. I can't look at you and throw the Holy Ghost on you and, you and make you get it. I can dunk you down in the water and get you wet. But the only way you get the fire is you got to be baptized by Jesus. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Can somebody help me preach on a Sunday morning? That was pre-ministry. Then Jesus began his ministry shortly after that because we know the story. Jesus got baptized by John. But watch what happened. When he come up out of the water, he did everything everybody else did. So, except repent for sins because he didn't have nothing to repent for. But he was doing things protocol-wise. But something different happened when he come up out of the water. The Bible said when he come up out of the water, everybody else just shouting and praising God and going hugging their, their wives and their husbands and their kids. He come up out of the water. All of a sudden, a mighty voice came out of heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit of God, the breath of God. That's what the word spirit or ghost means. It's the word pneuma, which means breath. It's the breath. I'm coming back to that in a minute. The breath of God came in the form, not as an actual dove like you see in the movies. He didn't look up and go, oh, well, that's cool. Oh, wow. No, it meant he came in a gentle spirit. How many knows Holy Ghost is not going to force you to take the fire? Come on. He's going to give it to you and offer you as a dove. But you, in order for him to light on you, you got to go through repentance. Well, that ain't what was in my notes. Now let me fast forward just a little bit. So we see that's pre-ministry. Jesus gets the covering of his own spirit comes on him, and the Bible says he came out of the water and fought the devil face to face. Then he came down off the, men, the, the mountain. He found where it was written in the temple and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The fire of the Holy Ghost is upon me. He said, knowing me, blah, 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 blah. You know that. So three and a half years he did his ministry. He was crucified. Can I get an Amen. Put in a borrowed tomb, sealed up. Can I get an amen? On the third day, what happened? He rose again. Is he still alive? He showed himself by many infallible proofs for 40 days. And at the end of that, just about a week out of what we know as Pentecost, which, by the way, if you didn't know this, next Sunday, Delane, did you know? Graduation this year is Pentecost Sunday. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So when all this ordination and impacting, hands being laid on these pastors and being ordained, they're going to be ordained on the day of Pentecost. So we see Jesus at the end of his ministry. He's in resurrected form. He's getting ready to ascend to heaven. And we jump forward to Acts chapter 1. We'll put this on the, on the screen. It says in verse 4, And being assembled with them, his disciples that those who were following, he commanded them. Watch this. How many of those commanded doesn't mean suggest? You know, if you feel like it. In other words, this is not optional. 
I didn't come and do and suffer and be beaten and be crucified and fight the devil in the pits or, or go down there and take the t- keys of death, hell, in the grave, do all that I did for you just so if you felt like getting the fire, it's okay. But if you don't want it, it's okay too. I'm not saying you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues and have fire of God and you got life to go to heaven. That comes through repentance. But I got news for you. It is the will of God that you operate in it. God's no respecter of persons. You're going to try to tell me that it's his will for us to be filled with the power of God and the church down the road, it's his will for them not to be? Just because somebody said they don't believe in it don't mean that it's right. Here's the reality. If Acts chapter 2 is not for you, then rip it out of your Bible. Am I preaching good? He commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. What's this key? For the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. What happened when Jesus was baptized in water? The Father acknowledged the Son. He gave, watch this, even though, don't get messed up by this. Jesus is God. The Spirit of God is the Word of God. He became flesh and dwelt among us. But he operated, the flesh part of him operated in a manner to where we could understand that he operated as a man. So therefore, when God spoke, this is my beloved son, he blessed his son with a gift. What did he bless his son with? The Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Came. Oh, come on, Ron Carpenter. He didn't even preach this part, but I, I just added to a sermon. I just got it. Before the Holy Spirit ever came, there was a sound. Oh, my God, there was a sound that came out of heaven, and it released the dove. Huh? And it lit upon his son. So he's trying to say, remember he said, everything you see me doing, the processes that I'm going through, all you got to do is mimic me. Just mimic me, and if you'll mimic me, the things you see me doing, you will also do. But wait a minute, watch what he said. But greater if I go where? To my Father. Because when I go to my Father, my reward, oh, y'all ain't getting this. When he says, well done, and I sit down at his right hand, this is how much Jesus loves you. The reward that was supposed to go to Jesus, Jesus says, give it to them. Give it to my kids. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. But wait for the promise of the Father, which said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they come together, they ask him, Lord, what will be the time you restore the kingdom of Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons which the Lord has put in his own authority. Verse 8. But you shall receive what? Power. Somebody shout power. Do you understand that word power is the word dunamis? Which when you look it up in the original Greek, it means dynamo or where we get the term dynamite. Or even the dynamo that, that is the, 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 the generator the, with the coils and, and that generates electricity. It is power, dynamite. How I many of those dynamite has great potential? But it can sit on a shelf and do nothing until fire is applied. 
But when the fuse is lit, then you know the power of dynamite. Do you understand? You have dynamite power in you, but you can't do nothing until you get some fire. Somebody's got to light your fuse before you can blow up. Am I preaching right? Power, dynamite power. When the Holy Spirit fire has come upon you. No, watch this. Come upon you. How many of us, when you are born again, Holy Spirit comes in you? So you might be satisfied with just having him in you, but I ain't satisfied with just having him. I'm satisfied in the sense that I know that's all I need to get to heaven. But if I'm going to live here on this earth, it'd be one thing if every one of us got saved and then we all just went to heaven the moment we got saved. But we still got a hell on earth to live in. I got to still battle sickness. I got to still battle poverty. I got to still battle people talking about me. Come on. I got to still... Y'all ain't hearing me. I need some fire if I'm still going to be here. I don't need the fire if I'm already in heaven. Ain't nobody sick in heaven. Ain't nobody poor in heaven. Whew. I need him to come upon me. There's some things that's happened in my life that I just need him to come on me. Because when he comes on you, he will allow you to do some things in the flesh realm that your flesh ain't capable of doing. I, I feel Holy Ghost fire on me right now. Some of y'all can see it burning on the top of my head right now. That's how holy y'all are. He said, let me tell you something about this fire. This fire is not so you can fall out and flop around like a guppy. Huh? Like somebody pulled you out of your, your fish bowl and you go, I ain't got no problem with people falling out of the power of God, but I'm going to tell you something. I've seen so many people fall out in the power of God and go out there and live the same way they got here. I ain't interested in seeing somebody fall out in the power of God. I'm interested in seeing somebody really get encountered with God. If you have an encounter with God and the fire of the Holy Ghost comes on you, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It says you'll be a witness for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Can I be real with y'all this morning? If you ain't telling anybody about Jesus ever, you ain't got the fire. Now, you may have a touch. You may have a trickle. Your fuse may be sparking. But if you're on fire, you can't keep Jesus to yourself. If you're on fire, you don't accept the report of the devil. You accept the report of the Lord. Slap your neighbor and tell him, I'm on fire. Hmm. See, John was talking about the fire of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was talking about the fire of the Holy Ghost. Can I say this with me? Everybody say this with me. The church was established with fire. How do we know that? Acts chapter 2, Holy Ghost headquarters. Verse 3, when they were all in one mind and one accord, there appeared unto them divided tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Oh, but you know what? Come on, that's what I'm saying. That's, but before the fire came, guess what came? A sound. 
The sound released the fire. When they got in one mind and one accord, there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Watch the, watch the rushing mighty wind. Remember he said, the willowing fan is in his hand. In other words, the fire was already there, but it needed the wind and the breath of God to make it flare up. So when the sound of a rushing mighty wind hit them, the Holy Ghost fire that was in them came out of the top of their heads. Oh, my God. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, y'all don't like this part. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. I got to preach tonight, y'all. Y'all got to say my voice. Y'all making me lose my voice up in here, up in here. So fire was prophesied by John. Fire was prophesied by Jesus. Fire manifested the beginning of the local church. So if it was important enough to talk about in the river, that telling people, when you encounter Jesus, he's going, he's going to introduce you to fire. That's what John said. If it was important enough at the post ministry for Jesus to say, what happened to me in the river when I receive the promise of the Father is going to happen to you when I sit at his right hand. And then if it was important enough to be the physical, literal manifestation of the igniting of the flame of the local church, then where in the world did the preachers ever find anything in Scripture to empower them to remove the fire from our midst? We have took the Holy Ghost and we have put him in a box. We won't let him out in the service, but we'll let him out at a small group. We won't let him out in the service. We won't let the preacher preach in the Holy Ghost. But, but if he goes somewhere else, he can. But in his house, he's got to make sure that he don't offend. This microphone working. See, throughout the Old Testament, we read about the power of fire. Somebody just say it. I like to say it, fire. You ever heard of the burnt offering? You can't burn an offering without fire. See, the altar was a place of fire. God spoke to Moses from a bush that was on, but not consumed. God led the children of Israel during the 40 years by a pillar of fire. See, Fire is not a New Testament thing. Fire is not just tied to the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues. Fire has always been the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Fire has always been the evidence that God was in the house. Sometimes it was manifested by fire and sometimes it was manifested by smoke. But where there's smoke, there's fire. Am I preaching right? Listen to what Leviticus chapter 6 verse 12 said. Are y'all having fun this morning? See, this is why every once in a while you need to send your pastors off to get them refreshed. Because they come back on fire. Leviticus chapter 6 verse 12 says this about the, the altar, the fire of the altar in the Old Testament. Watch what it says. And the fire on the altar, watch this, shall be kept burning on it. And it shall not be put out. And the priest 
shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it and he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13, a fire shall always be burning on the altar and it shall never go out. Woo! What a word, man. There's a couple of things that we need to dissect here. It's the first thing he says. Is he says that the altar, the fire that's on it shall not be put out. And the way it's not put out is that the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. Mm. Every morning. See, the only way to keep the fire burning is you got to lay something on it every day to keep it burning. I don't care how hot the fire is. You ever seen on the news where a building would be on fire? And it'd be so hot that the firemen, five alarm, which means they call five different stations, and, and they got booms out there, and they're pouring everything they got on it, but they can't put it out. It's so hot. They'll say something like this. Well, we're going to try to maintain it until it just what? Burns itself out. Because I don't care how hot a fire is. Once it has consumed all of its fuel, it will burn out. But as long as there's fuel, it will not burn out. I'm going to say something going to step on your toes. Are you ready? Look at your neighbor and tell him, get ready, because he's talking to you. Hmm. Now, before I get to it, I'm going to make you feel good first. Do you know why God made it clear that he never wanted the fire to burn out? I'm going to tell you why. Because he is the one that set the fire to begin with. Oh, you don't believe me? All right. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 22. Then Aaron lifted his hand towards the people, watch this, and blessed them. And came down from the offering of the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Watch this. Then, somebody shout then. The glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Most of the time the glory appeared to the people by smoke. But fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. In other words, the fire that began the altar in what was known as Moses' tabernacle, that traveled with them, that God said is never to be put out, that fire that was never to be put out was not lit by any man. They laid all of their offerings on it. They laid the lamb. They laid everything that the, what he had called was supposed to be the offerings. They laid it on it. They went out and blessed the people. And they said to the people, we have done everything God has told us to do. And when they did that, God came down and honored their commitment and their sacrifice and lit the fire of the altar. And God said, that's my fire. That is not your fire. It is burnt. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. It is burning in your world, but it did not come from your world. 
That's tweetable right now. That wasn't even in my to- in my notes. Come on. You want to tweet that one out, you can. The fire that came on that altar, God was saying, it looks like your fire. It's going to be maintained just like your fire. But that did not come from any way that you can make a fire. That is my fire from another world operating in your world. Now, I've given it to you as a gift, free, undeserved. But if you want to keep it burning, you make sure you put wood on it every morning. Are y'all hearing me? See, when you're born again, how many of those, when you're born again, you have a fire. What is that? It's called a passion. You burn within you. You want to tell everybody about Jesus. Huh? But here it goes. Here's the part that's going to step on some toes. But I mean it in love. You take it. Am I your pastor? Remember, I asked you a few months ago if I was your spiritual father. What I meant by that is I know God's got some stuff he needs me to tell you that if I'm your daddy and your spiritual father, you need to, you need to have a teachable spirit about you because it ain't, ain't going to all make you feel like butterflies are flying in your belly. I understand burnout is a very real thing. I understand burnout happens. You know how I understand, why I understand it? Because I have lived it many times. But you need to hear this. And I got it in giant, bold letters. A child of God should never burn out. There is zero reason for me or you to ever burn out on anything. Are you hearing me? If we burn out, it is 100% our fault. Not our pastors. Not the worship team ain't singing like they used to. Not, my God, I've been handing out worship guides for 20 years. I'm burnt out. When am I going to get to do something else? I'm burnt out. Every time I turn around, they're asking me to do something. I'm burnt out. God told us. How many of us, we got a better covenant based on better principles. That was the Old Testament. God said, if you're burnt out, you're burnt out for one reason. You are not getting up every day and putting wood on the fire. Selah. Let me tell you what it manifests like in, in real most Christians' life. You're waiting on me to put wood on your fire. People will leave a church and say stuff like this. Boy, I'll tell you one thing. I, I used to love that church. But for some reason, I just don't feel like I'm getting fed anymore. I got to go somewhere I'm getting fed. You know what you're saying? I got to go somewhere where somebody can stroke my ego and make me feel like they're putting wood on my fire. If for 45 minutes to an hour is all you get for fuel, and you ain't putting nothing on your fire on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, how in the world am I ever supposed to feed you? <laughs> Let me tell you something about God. Y'all want to hear the truth? You want the truth? 
Can you handle the truth? God will never burn you out, but he will burn you up. You say, well, if he burns me up, ain't nothing left of me. Exactly. Exactly. You want him to burn you up. That's your problem. There's still too much of you left. He's trying to burn the old man up. Some of y'all trying to burn two fires. One Holy Ghost fire and one flesh fire. That feeds the things that you want. You don't believe me? Deuteronomy 4.24 says, For the Lord your God is a what? Consuming fire. He is a jealous God. You know, there's, there's two Le Levitical priests that was coming up in the priesthood named Hophni and Phinehas. And they were in charge of offering the incense. And they decided to offer a strange fire before the Lord. And when they offered a strange fire, they was convinced as long as the fire is a fire, as long as something's being put on the fire, and everybody else, because everybody else thought it was the right fire, because it looked like the right fire, sort of smelled like the right fire, but God knows when it's a strange fire. And the Bible said it was a strange fire, and they were both struck, they were both killed because they brought God their own fleshly fire and tried to use their fire to override his fire. Say this with me God is not gonna share his glory with anything or anybody. My God, it's eleven forty six if you're thinking about eating. How many of those you eating good right now? Think about this. God lit the fire, and they kept that same fire burning from camp to camp, through storms, through droughts, through complaining, even through the earth opening up and swallowing thousands of them for at least 40 years. At least, probably even beyond that. They never let the fire cease because they picked up a tent called the tabernacle and then when they would move and set that tent up, they'd have to keep that fire going. Can you imagine fighting battles and somebody is literally guarding the fire? The word had to get out. If we can just put that fire out, we'll take out, we'll take the fire of them to be thinking they can win this battle out. Because that fire represents their God. They probably have their best soldiers surrounding the altar of fire. We've, in most churches, we've removed the altar of fire. We've removed the, we've removed the altar. First they removed the fire, and then they removed the altar. Nobody even comes to the front anymore. Nobody even comes and prays anymore. Woo. Now watch this. 
They kept the fire in the tabernacle altar until Solomon's temple was completed. Because when Solomon's temple was completed, they built a new altar, a bigger altar, to be able to handle a stationary altar that had horns on it. You ever heard, hold on to the horns of the altar. Had the ram's come, heads on the side, and they would tie things to the, they would tie the offering to the horns of the altar. It was just a powerful place where things were burnt and sacrificed. It was a massive, massive altar. So they built everything that was a part of the altar of Solomon's temple, and watch this. Watch the pattern of God. Second Chronicles 7 Verses 1 through 3, some of my favorite places to preach. When Solomon's temple was being dedicated, y'all know the story, I preach from it all the time. The priest could not stand to minister by reason of the anointing, the face in the, in, by reason of the cloud, the face in the cloud. You know what I'm talking about? Say amen. But watch this, the whole, the whole picture. 7 verse 1. When Solomon had finished praying, a sound. Are y'all hearing me? Fire came down from heaven. Notice the fire did not come. Until Solomon finished praying. When he spoke it and prayed, watch this. Fire, somebody shout fire. Came down from where? And consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory filled the temple. And the priest could not enter the house because of the glory of the, of the Lord. King James says by reason of the cloud. Had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord of the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised God, saying, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. What I'm trying to say is the fire was so big. We don't have historical record. I think the fire was still going from the tabernacle. By that time, it might not have been the, the flame on the level that it used to be. Many were wondering, are the days of the fire of God over? Look at all this gold. Look at all these jewels. This is nothing like, because, you know, by the way, when they built the temple, only Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that got to go into the promised land way before the temple was built. So all those that had seen the fire was gone. It was just their kids. All they could know, all they knew was stories about the fire. How many has been in church for 20 plus years? Raise your hand. 20 plus years you've been in church. Have you heard stories about the healing revival? Stories about things that happened in the 50s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s? How legs grew out in front of people and eyeballs popped out and, and people were raised from the dead? How many's ever heard stories like that? Well, see, we were not a part of that generation. What we've allowed ourselves to become is now we have the temples, the beautiful sanctuaries, the cathedrals. We have things that they never had. They didn't even dream could ever even exist. Social media, television, anybody can be on streaming all around the world now. Air condition, all these comforts. But the only fire we know about is the stories of the fire of the old time wilderness fire. I can see so many of them standing in Solomon's temple going, man, it's more enamored by the beauty of the building than the glory of God. Notice that they didn't fall on their face 
when Solomon prayed. They didn't fall on their face when the, when the priest every day was praising God. They didn't fall on their face about at any time until the fire came down from heaven and consumed the altar and lit the fire on the brand new altar. What happened? Let me tell you what that was. That was a new generation saying, God has not forgotten us. We don't have to hear stories about daddies and granddaddies fire anymore. We got our own fire. I don't know about you, but I, I thank God for those that went before me. But I'm tired of preaching stories about what happened to somebody in the tent revival in 1956. I'm ready for people 10 years from now to talk about what happened at a 50-50 Pinson Valley Parkway out Birmingham, Alabama, when God broke out a fire that swept all over the world. Somebody said, I want my own fire. Sit down. But instead of doing it, instead of being hungry for fire, we're toning it down more and more. We got praise teams that don't even know how to sing songs to make people dance anymore. We come straight in. It's first song. I want to know you, Lord. I want to be in your presence, Lord. Oh, God, I worship you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. I got nothing against that. I know that's where miracles happen. But that's worship. You don't enter into the, to the king through worship. You enter to the king by thanksgiving and praise. You enter with fire. We need, we need some songs that's going to make people jump up and down. We may say, oh, oh, that's how, when, peop, when people get burnt, they put, ow, 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 We need, we, come on, ow, 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 We need some songs that's going to make. Some's all over. Get it off, get it off. Stop dropping rope. Come on, somebody. We need some fire. We need some fire. Somebody shout, we need some fire. Come on, praise team, where you at? Get up here, praise team. Get up here. Get up here. Get up here, praise team. Listen, I, listen to me, church. I'm all about order. I'm a believer of order in the church. God says do things. I know some of the stuff that we call fire is strange fire. Some of the stuff we offer to God ain't real fire. Some of y'all, listen, if you got to do your dance right here and you can't do your dance back there, it's strange fire. Well, if you got to make sure you come out of the darkness into the light so everybody can see you do your dance, it's strange fire. I've had to stop them running, running towards the altar to do that thing. Michelle knows what I'm talking about. Michelle, we, we have them. I don't care what you tried to tell them. Look, we ain't got no problem with you praising God and, and doing your Holy Ghost thing. But, but, but while, while pastor's up there ministering, uh, instead of bringing a right back in the corner. Oh, no, no, no. I got to get up there. got to get up where the glory is. And I've, I've seen them juke and jive the ushers. I've seen the ushers 
stand in the middle of the row and they come running down and pastor them so they can get up here. I ain't talking about that kind of fire. Huh? Listen to this. I'm not ending this with depression because I'm going to end this with fire. I got six minutes. I have four minutes. Watch this. Every year, more than 4,000 churches close their doors. Compared, watch this, to only 1,000 new church plants. Think about that. There were about 4,500 new churches started between 1990 and 2000 with a 20-year average of nearly 1,000 a year. Every year, 2.7 million church members fall into inactivity. This translates into the realization that people are leaving the church. From our research, we have found that they are leaving as hurting and wounded victims of some kind of abuse, disillusionment, or just plain neglect. From 1990 to 2000, the combined membership of all Protestant denominations in the USA declined by, what's this, in 10 years by almost 5 million members, while the U.S. population increased by 24 million. At the turn of the last century, 1900, there was a ratio of 27 churches per 10,000 people. As compared to the close of the century, the year 2000, we now have 11 churches, 11 churches versus 27 churches per 10,000 people. Given the declining numbers and closures of churches as compared to new starts, watch this. There should have been over 38,000 new churches commissioned to keep up simply with population growth. The United States now ranks third, only following China and India in the number of people who are not professing Christians. In other words, the United States is becoming an ever-increasing, the whole nation, unreached people group. Half of all churches in the United States did not add a single new member to their ranks in the last two years. 50% of every church says we have not had anybody connect with us and join in over two years. Do you know in all the declining of the church around the world, there is only one movement that is growing while every other belief sect of Christianity is in dramatic decline. Do you know what it is? It's Holy Ghost fire Pentecostalism. It's the only church that is growing. You know why? Because people are leaving because they can get more supernatural in the world than they can in the local church. And they're doing it. I mean, just turn the TV on. Everything that's on TV is about demons. When you got a show that's in its third and fourth season called Lucifer, when you got a show called Lucifer, you got a show called Supernatural. That's, that's not about our kind of supernatural. And millions and millions and millions are buying into it. What does that tell me? They're looking for something. And they try to come to the church because their granddaddy told them that's where the supernatural is. But when they get here, they don't find any supernatural. They find dead, dried up, burnt out. 
get up on your feet right now and shout in this church we will burn with the fire of God now listen y'all know this remember what he told him he said stay on your feet he said may the fire of my altar never burn out if you're burnout today, then here's how you get over burnout. It ain't you, you gotta go through 12 steps and read five books and have counseling with pastor. I'm not against any of that, and sometimes you need that. If you want to start burning again, if you feel like you're burnout, there ain't but one way to burn it. Don't be looking for my fire, cause my fire can't help you. Don't be looking for your neighbor's fire, cause your neighbor's fire can't help you. And the truth be known, your own fire can't help you. You can only burn again when you let a fire from heaven a fire from heaven come down and consume your altar if you're ready to burn run up to these altars right now run up to these altars if you're ready for a new fire if you're ready for a new fire run up to these altars come on say it say it Come here. Come on, come on, come on. There you go. Turn Regina's mic on. Regina's on my. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Lord. Make me a house of. Come on, let's sing it. May the fire on my altar never burn out. May the fire on my altar never burn out. May the fire on my altar. You know what I hear? I hear a sound. I hear a sound of a rushing mighty wind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost start praying for you. Let the Holy Ghost start singing for you. Come on. Come on. Let some of that crap go. Let some of that junk go. Quit blaming everybody else for your issues. You're the blame. You're the blame. Lay it on the altar. Lay it on the altar. Lay it on the altar. That's your problem. The fire on my altar never burn May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of now, prayer. Listen, those that are up here, you got to understand something. I mean, no disrespect for those that are not up here. Please don't, please don't make this the wrong way. I'm assuming you're on fire. I'm assuming you're on fire right now. Because here's the reality. If you're not, you need to get up here. Something's about to fall in this place. Because here's the reality. Remember what he told the priest? He said, here's how you keep the fire burning. Every morning, who's supposed to do it? The priest. Somebody said the priest. Well, automatically, I know how church people think. Oh, that's the pastor. But let's not forget that we have a better covenant based on better principles. He said, 
You need to know how I look at you. I look at you because of what I did on the cross. How many knows he became our priest, right? The veil ripped in two. He became our priest, and then he said this. Because of what I've done, I call you a peculiar people. I call you somebody that's set aside, that don't fit in. But he didn't stop by just calling you strange and weird. That ain't what he was saying anyway. People try to make it say that, but it ain't what he was saying. He was meaning set aside. I call you a peculiar people. And the very next thing he said, I call you a royal priesthood. Somebody say, I'm a priest. Now, now, I know the men in the order of the house are called the priest of the home, but ladies, you need to understand something. In the spirit, you're a man. It's called your spirit, man. Don't, don't get wig out. But what I'm trying to say is a priest was the only one that had the ability to make an offering. So don't tell me for a moment that a man in the house or a man in general is the only one that can offer a sacrifice of praise. How many of those men and women in the eyes of God in the spirit realm are completely equal? The Bible said he made male and female and called them Adam. So if you're breathing and you're a child of God, man or woman, you are a royal priesthood. Somebody shout, I'm a priest. Remember what he said? I lit the fire. Now I've given it to you. The only, And I've given you a command to not let it burn out. But the only way the fire that I started that didn't even begin from your world came from my world can be sustained in your world is the priest every morning has to put wood on that fire. As long as the priest fueled the fire, it not only never burned out, but it gave light and inspiration to those who didn't even understand how to be a priest. See, the fire of the altar is ultimately not even for you. It's so that other people can see you burning. Huh? How many's ever been driving down a road? and saw a fire in the woods and you saw the smoke coming up or maybe it's glowing you may not do it every time but sometimes especially if it's somewhere looks like somewhere close to where you live you will follow to try to find what's on fire how many knows if it's completely dark in your backyard but you got a bonfire going and somebody walks out your back door in complete darkness of night where does every eye go to the bonfire It's a good preaching. Somebody say, my altar, the fire on my altar shall never burn out. Here's, here's, here's how God said they'll burn out. How many of those, if I break my arm, some people would say that I've broken a limb. Oh, y'all get me. How many of those, when you get wood from a tree, a tree has what? Limbs. And a lot of times the best ones to get the fire started is the smaller limbs. Then you cut up the big pieces. Come on, y'all hear me. So, so watch me now. Stay with me for a second. Watch me. 
God says, here's how you put fuel on the fire. Here's how you put wood, priest, on the fire. You got to make sure that every day you're putting your limbs that God built into you. Arms and legs. How many of those? They're all limbs, right? If we break a leg, we broke a limb. We break an arm, we broke a limb. That's what they call it. What do we do? How many knows we can't clap without our limbs? Everybody clap. See what that sounds like? Flesh on flesh. Limbs. How many knows we lift our hands? Everybody lift our hands. And we worship God. What are we doing? We're lifting our limbs. We're putting fuel on the fire. Now watch this. It ain't just our hands. How many of those our legs are limp? Everybody, start jumping. Come on, start jumping. Come on, start jumping. Jumping, 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 jumping. You know what you're doing? All right, stop. You just used your limbs in dance to put fuel on the fire. Oh, speaking of dance, come on, y'all just do come some kind of jig. Come on. I dare you, just do something. Just do something. Just do something. Just do something. Come on, do y'all smell that? Do y'all smell that? Do y'all smell that? Do y'all smell that? Something's burning. Something's burning. Something's burning. Something's burning. Something's burning in this house. Something has just been reignited. Come on. Put some wood on the fire. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on, let's sing it. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar. May the fire. May the. Make me a house of prayer. Give him a shout right now. Give him a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 